We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Third down, but it's third and ten, throwing into the wind, way down the field. Oh my goodness! This is going to be 98 yards to Gabe Davis! A 98-yard explosion, Josh Allen to Gabe Davis. Here's Allen, trying to go deep to Davis. He pulled it in! Incredible catch! Oh, incredible is right! This is, what is going on today? There's so much randomness. That's crazy. You're going to watch. He outthrows the coverage here. You'll see 13 runs straight past the middle of the field, and Fitzpatrick does not get beat. He almost comes down. He's in perfect position, and he's going to rip it away from him, and Davis goes, no, I'm bigger than you. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I am your host, Bill season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. And that was Jim Nance and Tony Romo talking about Gabe Davis and just the monster day. He had a hell of, <laughs> he had a, hell of a day out there uh, catching passes from Allen. You know who else had a hell of a day? By hell of a day, I mean yesterday. Yeah. That would be you and me. Yeah, you and me had a hell of a day yesterday. Because to break down the break down the fourth wall in this, so when shit's got to get done around here with the podcast, you re- you rely on me. I'm the guy that gets shit done because I, mean, I gotta reach. I gotta get a pen out of my desk because we have we got some we got a package in the mail. Oh my god! And I have not opened it yet. So oh boy. Yeah, somebody somebody saw something on Twitter, and 
because we have celebrities on, like Nate Geary. <laughs> Nate Geary posted a photo, <laughs> and somebody reached out to me on Instagram. Caitlin Braun, who is a Montucky rep. Hell yeah! Because I get shit done here. We have <laughs> Montucky cold snack hats. Yes. What else? We have. Uh, whoa, we have mine. These are mine. What I, are they? Oh, I'll show you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll put this on. <laughs> oh have, no. We have a Montucky shirt. Hell yeah. Montucky shirt XL because I know you have a bunch of extra skin. <laughs> Listen, I used to be 350 pounds. Oh, look at this. Is that a Montucky flag? That That's going to fly at every single Rock Power Report tailgate. That is from a Montucky cold snack flag. Henceforth. I got nothing to get over there. Oh, no. You get you get these two. These are on you, too. Yes. You get these two. God, I can't believe. Caitlin is. Props to Caitlin at. So remember when I said I went to. Uh, Premier Gourmet. Yeah. And there were like somebody f- from Buffalo that was a rep. Yeah. Came, that's her. She found us on Twitter and she was like, can we send you a, uh, a, a you know, we like what you're doing with Montucky. So, God. Are those pit vipers? Yes. Oh my God. You we look have, like Macho Man Randy Savage. We have, we have, there's your, you have pit vipers. Hell yeah! I am the proud owner of Montucky Hol- Cold Snack Pit Vipers. Holy shit. Guys, th- listen. The, uh, Montucky Cold Snacks is the official, unofficial beer of Montana. Well, they are the official, official beer of the Rock Pile Report podcast. Yeah. They have, oh my God, these guys are the best. Yeah. Caitlin, Caitlin you Cait- are the best. Caitlin reached out to me on... Instagram. I don't have Instagram notifications <laughs> on. Like I'll get I'll get notific if somebody comments on a photo, but like messages I won't get. And I was like a week I was like a week out. Like she messaged me and I hadn't responded for a week. So I had to apologize that uh you know I couldn't I didn't I didn't see the message. I don't have notifications on. And she's like, I saw what Nate Geary posted the photo of all those Montuckies, and I was like, oh, yeah, we are, like, I was like, I drove to Kansas City to see my brother, and I specifically drove so I can drive back with Montuckies, and then I get back from Kansas City and figure out that the, they're available at Premier Gourmet. These are, this God. is amazing. This is how, this is a Buffalo Bills podcast. This is how you do it. This is this is how it gets. Chris, you know what? Good for you. I am. I, I gotta say, I'm incredibly proud. I'm incredibly proud to have you as my producer. Look now, at this. Now let's you put it together, sir. Yeah, but let's not leave out the fat. Let's break down the fourth wall. We do have a handful of DMs with Montaki. Yeah, and I gave you crap for because you wrote like a. Looked like to be a 10-page yep. DM to them. Yep. And I was like, you're a psycho for doing that. And they were like, oh, and then you were like, well, we got somebody's email at Montaki. Yeah, you know how you, you do that? You just go, hey, you don't happen to have uh, like an email I can have instead of a 15-page diatribe on why you love Montaki and they should be 
Yeah, but guess what? They're also sponsoring the Rock Pile Report tailgates. Henceforth. Boom! Montucky Cold Snacks, the official beer of the... This Chris, is- how cool is it that we have our own official beer? And now we're we're just swimming in merch? Yeah, we're like... I uh, love this. We're like brand ambassadors. Dude, I... Love it. Montucky Cold Snacks. Hey, and guys, 8% of everything that you, uh, all of their annual sales go back to local causes. They find charity. This is. Dude, this, this is the best. Dude. And you, it also, Coors Light, not cool enough to have their own sunglasses like this. Not so, the millionaires. So, like, I'm, I'm wearing the Pit Vipers that, you know, since I opened them, I've, I've worn them. And now I just uh, put my. Uh, my cell phone camera on for like a selfie. These pit vipers go phenomenal with my head of hair. You 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 do look like a professional God. ass. You you look like a professional ass model. Like you look like a dude that I could see wearing chaps and a leather vest speaking in German with that with that what hair I'm- and those sunglasses. Jesus Christ! All right, D- listen. Before before Pot- we get too deep down the b- d- d- down the wormhole of Chris's self absorption, it's time for our Week Five recap. The Buffalo Bills thirty eight, the Steelers three. Here's your stats of the game: Kenny Pickett thirty four of fifty two. I'm not even crunching the numbers in this. That sucks. Three hundred and twenty seven yards, no touchdowns, one pick, and a seventy four rating. Josh Allen twenty of thirty one. 424 and four touchdowns, one pick, 134 rating. Josh Allen, five of 11 on passes for more than 20 air yards, 241 total yards, and three touchdowns. Airing it out. Saran Neal, three pass breakups on just 19 coverage snaps. 22 combined pressures between uh, Greg Rousseau and Von Miller. Uh, they they both well they both had seven twenty two from the defensive ends, Pittsburgh zero for four in the red zone, Najee Harris thirty six total yards one point eight yards per carry, and the Bills streak of third quarter shutouts is preserved for a fifth straight week. Now, Chris, if we're going to start this properly, it's obviously the tailgate conversation, right? Because that was a vicious tailgate. It would have been good if I had these pit vipers. Dude, if you had the sunglasses on, it's it's hilarious. I can't take you seriously. I can just keep looking across the scene you're wearing them. I, Montucky I, cold snack pit vipers. I don't know. I, should, I, I think I feel like I need to publicly apologize to Jessica. <laughs> For the things you're about to do in those sunglasses? Yes. I feel like you should be shirtless wearing those things. But don't. Because no one wants Ooh. to see your lack of physique. Dude, next summer rollerblading at the Outer Harbor with pit vipers on? Montucky no, pit vipers? And, no, and shirt. no shirt on? And a nice bronze tan? <laughs> then I come home and make a bacon old-fashioned? Are you kidding me right now, dude? <sighs> this week's tailgate was probably one of, the, one of the best we've thrown in a long time. I got to see people that I've never gotten to interact with in person. Uh, to people I haven't seen in forever, some old friends, softball guys on route to, I don't know, it, it was just, it was a great collection of personnel on hand for one of the most satisfying tailgates I've had in a long time. First of all, high-end food. High-end food, I think we can all agree. Chris, the steak, the steak Christini from Elon, holy yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, we had fried pasta Leo's, we had pizza, we had, uh, the Lauren brought breakfast. 
which I, like the white trash that I am, dipped into... Uh, you dipped it into every condiment that we had out. She she made like a breakfast stromboli, and I made no, I wasted no time dipping it into the chili cheese dip that you made. And then what I loved was just the diversity of the guests we had. Uh, Sean and his wife from Vegas. Sean's fucking hilarious. I love that guy. Uh, Scott... And his son from Nebraska, who showed up with homemade jerky, which I've been—it's literally on the table right now. I've just been munching on it while we've been recording. It's all gone. And I ate the rest. I there were four. <laughs> this is the last bag. There were four bags. I, I brought down two when we uh, started recording, and you were—he uh, did request that you review the IPA that he brought. And then I, because I was moving today. Yeah, today was right. moving day for jerky. Scott, I'm literally eating your jerky as we speak. Yeah, eating on a podcast. Yeah. That's what everyone wants to hear. Who yeah. gives a fuck? It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. Yeah, we'll get that beer review out next week from that Omaha beer. Terry White and his son Oliver, who are literally sitting here in studio with us while we record. <laughs> Slugging down beers. Because once again, we're doing this as our final show, and I'm, I don't know, I'm not counting that. I There's beers. We've had them. They came from the UK with British ales. Mm. And also some Eccles cakes. Check out our AFC East Roundup podcast for more about Terry and Oliver and their experience here. Lauren and her husband, formerly from the NOLA area, who have now relocated back to, well, not relocated, come back to Rochester. They came, they brought breakfast. And no, Mark. Your fucking Little Caesars heated up on a charcoal grill doesn't count as breakfast. I don't care what white trash nonsense. Like, what trailer park did you grow up in that that was ex- like, oh, yeah, it's bre-. He tells us all the time. He goes, oh, no, it's a breakfast of champions. It's a Little Caesars with Franks in the microwave for five seconds. What? No. No. I, Chris, what would? how many things would you rather eat than that for breakfast? Hungover. Oh, God. I don't even know. It, it's there's a long list, correct? Yeah. Little Caesars is down near the. It's in the basement. Jake and his wife. First of all, Jake and his wife are incredibly generous, but also, like, she made us Christmas cookies. They shipped us Christmas cookies last year. Jake comes up bearing gifts of liquor and stories about his Air Force days, talking about Germany and the just the UK and he. Jake knows things that I I don't know. Like, he's kind of like Terry in the sense that they know a lot of shit that I don't expect normal human beings to commit to memory. And then they just have them at it like, like a Swiss army knife. They just bust him out. And, well, I know this isn't it. It's fucking hilarious. And I love it. The Canadian guys bring down Thanksgiving dinner. The Syracuse guys, which is what I call them. They're next to us. They, I got to watch them from last year stirring bacon on a fucking six-inch charcoal grill They've been perfecting their tailgate craft. Their breakfast wraps were incredible this year. And then they hit us up as we were leaving the parking lot with a bratwurst with peppers and onions. It doesn't get better than that. And it speaks to the community that we've built around this podcast, around our tailgating friends, just the stuff that we've been able to put together over the last couple of years of doing this and the reach that we have and the people we've been able to touch. We also have... Are you throwing me more merch? Yeah, Montucky pins. Oh, my God. Guys, here's what I know. It was the perfect day of tailgating for a perfect day of football. And 
I just want to give a heartfelt thank you to everyone who came. And I, I don't know, for as, as much as some of you expect, express gratitude to Chris and myself, as well as like Mark Pottery, I mean, Sean tweeted at all of us and just said, hey, thanks for all your hospitality. The joy is actually ours. The joy is ours to host you all because creating that type of diverse multicultural environment is exactly what this whole thing is supposed to be about. This tailgating, like the act of doing it is to bring everyone together so we can all, I don't know, hang out, have a couple drinks, get weird and learn something about each other. Learn something that we don't know. I found that out in spades. It's, it's kind of like I told Sean over a couple beers that morning. Our fan base and listener group will never be the biggest of all the Bills podcasts. But as long as we have the most fun together, then I don't know, then it's worth all of the effort we've put in to this, to this point and then some. So, Chris, if we want to talk about the game and just this Pittsburgh blowout and the fallout that came afterwards, to quote the eternal Sean Connery, the Pittsburgh Steelers brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> that is what they did on Sunday. It's you know, the most. What it, what it is, is the bar fight and dirty work. That's <laughs> what that exactly is. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, how come you get a pool cue? <laughs> they scored three points. Three points. And at some place, at some points, looked like one of the worst teams I've seen the Bills play in a long time. They had four drives of less than two minutes, and they had three three and outs in the first half. That's pathetic. Like, the, Gabe Davis, right? Gabe Davis set everybody on fire. You heard it in the intro. Six targets, three catches, 171 yards and two touchdowns. That's absurd. That's a video game stat line that shouldn't exist. Like, the Bills' 98-yard touchdown pass to Gabe Davis on the first drive was not only one yard shy of the franchise record for the longest touchdown pass, it was also enough points to just win the game outright. Like, Chris, we talk about in hockey, game-winning goals. Yeah. Speaking of game-winning goals, I'll be at the home opener tomorrow night. Oh, are you going to wear those sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever take these off. <laughs> so, so if you talk about it in terms of game-winning goals, that usually, even if you win the game 4-1, to one, the game-winning goal gets credited to the guy who scored the second one because it was the one that brought them over the top of the opponent. Gabe Davis got that in the first minute and a half of the football game. <laughs> like, that's wild. That's how stout our defense was and just how terrible and depleted the Steelers are. The the Steelers tried to play coverage. A lot of nickel, a lot of five defensive back packages, and they just got horribly exposed. I want to run down some of these numbers for you so you can, just to give it some context. Trey Norwood. Who? That's right. Who? Trey Norwood. You don't know him. It doesn't fucking matter because you'll never hear about him again because he's about to be fired from the NFL after this week. He played 100% of the snaps. Gave up two catches on six targets, but two of those were for 33 yards and a pair of first downs late in the games to Isaiah Hodgins. Nobody knows who Isaiah Hodgins is either, if you're not a, unless you're a lunatic Bills fan. Who's like, I had him in the draft, unless you're Nate Geary, screaming about how, I thought he was great in the draft, and I I thought he was going to beat Gabe Davis. Is that, is that or is that not one of the worst takes Nate's had on this podcast? 
I don't know. He had a lot of bad ones. A lot of bad takes. All he the, had a lot of bad ones. All the Cleveland takes. How many of those are the byproduct of whiskey, though? I don't know. But he still has uh, some on the Seagram's board. To uh, Of course he does. He'll, for, he'll forever be on the Seagram's board. He still has five left for <laughs> Baker Mayfield being MVP in his second year. Yeah. I don't know what gets into Nate. I, we get him in here, we get him all liquored up, and he just says some wild shit. But yeah, Trey Norwood, no one's going to hear about him again. Uh, practice squad cornerback Josh Jackson played 50% of all of the Steelers' defensive snaps. He's the guy who got burnt by Khalil Shakir for the 24-yard touchdown. Kick returner James Pierre. He's a kick returner. He's not supposed to be playing defense. 40% of the snaps gave up three catches on four targets. He's bad. The Steelers finished the game without any of their top three cornerbacks on the field. And it looked like that at halftime. I know that this is like, I mean, let's be honest here. This is the, we've been recording all night. This is the last thing that gets recorded is our, re, our review of the game. But I think I'll just end up to like, this might be like a blue note episode where it just comes off the rails. I sent a selfie to my girlfriend of me and the pit vipers. <laughs> you. You look like some guy that narrates other people playing computer games on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why I love your girlfriend. Uh, Jess, Jess, you are the best. (laughs) So when you look at what happened to the Steelers, I mean, it even gets worse than that. You look at some of their, like their linebacking core, Devin Bush, first round pick Devin Bush. Four or five, four, four targets, five receptions allowed, three first downs, 56 yards. Also, how the fuck do you put Robert Spillane on Stefan Diggs? You think that's a good idea? Let's put a linebacker on Diggs. This will make sense somewhere at some point. You know who says that? Coaches who get fired. Coaches who get fired go, hey guys, I've got this crazy idea. <laughs> how does it? Arthur Molette. This is the one I like. Former Jet who already knows what it's like to get embarrassed by Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He knows. He was a... (laughs) 44 yards and just a catch and run. Remember that one where uh, Stefan Diggs was skipping across the field? He was was thrilled. He's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's literally skipping across the field. And then Arthur Millett went on to say that he was unhappy after the game about how guys were on the sideline laughing. Like, his teammates were just like, well, it's like, yeah, you guys played like a team that knew you were waxed and just decided, like, well, we'll pack it in for next week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then Levi Wallace. Like... Poor bastard Levi Wallace. This motherfucker. <laughs> he literally caught the shovel in the face right out of the gate. That that 98 touchdown, 98 yard touchdown grab was on him in coverage. Off the line. He just blew by. <laughs> and then, like, his interception. Everyone's like, look, Levi Wallace got a pick. Yeah, because Josh Allen was like, fuck you, I could do this again. I could absolutely steal on this guy. He tried it again, and he got greedy. I I understand, but Chris, so in the run-up to the game, in our preview, remember when I said that they play a really passive defense? Yeah. Okay, they had the Steelers. When's the last time you didn't see them pressure a quarterback? Um, Probably when I didn't have a pair of pit vipers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The Steelers had zero sacks and one quarterback pressure for the whole game. I saw something on Twitter. I don't remember who was uh, who was tweeting about it. It might have been somebody from Cover One. It might have been Eric from Cover One, because you know, let's be honest, they're number one when it comes to deep diving X's and O's. But it was something like they were showing some of our offensive plays that we were hitting, and it's like, this is the same shit that Flores was doing last year (laughs) blowing out Miami. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Robert Flores, you didn't get... You you didn't not get hired because of racism. You didn't not get hired because you suck at this. Your defensive structures are bad. He also must be a pretty bad coach if you don't even know his name. Brian Flores, Robert Flores, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You got pit vipers. (laughs) I'm wearing a Montucky hat. None, none of that matters. They yes. all stink. Here's what I know. This this passive approach for a defense that's built to be an attacking downhill defense obviously fits like Tommy Boy with the fat guy in a little coat. Like, that's what it is. And you might get away with that against the Steelers. If you're the Steelers, you might get away with it against the Patriots, who also suck on offense. You do it against the Buffalo Bills, we will set you on it's 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 a funeral pyre. You're putting yourself on it, we're gonna light you up. You guys can't get away with playing like this. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers. Rookie quarterback, all he needed was guys around him to step up, somebody to help him out. Do some of the heavy lifting. They abandoned this kid alone on an island, and we just devoured them. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool might be two of the biggest embarrassments of AFC wide receivers any team has to offer. Okay, you, you look at Deontay Johnson got his payday. Steelers fans hate his guts. He has this opening drive toe tap that's out of bounds. It's like, dude, why? just two feet straight down. Why would you take the extra step out? You're... You, Listen, you can get away with that shit when you're only making a rookie salary. The second that you're making more than $10 million a year to play wide receiver, you make that fucking catch. You don't have an excuse. The fourth and six incompletion, he had it. It hit him in the hands, and he didn't fight for it. And it just gets knocked away by our defensive back. Chase Claypool. Ah, dude, the fourth down conversion pass. Chase Claypool is one of the, uh, what is it, uh, the, I read a, 
Pittsburgh beat reporter who just called him big for no reason. And I've got a couple friends like that. Hey, Chris, Doug Roloski. Doug Roloski, is he, is he a threatening big guy? No. <laughs> Especially not well, when you're wearing pit vipers? No, he's definitely not. No, he Doug can be threatening. It all depends on uh, if his man bun is up or down. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chase Claypool, folks, in a nutshell. Whether his man bun is up or down. Meanwhile, you look at George Pickens. George Pickens has the look of a guy who could be a productive NFL receiver. He had that one, uh, what, 26-yard catch on, I think it was third and long. It was incredible. They're going to need that type of play because nobody else on the depth chart can give it to him. Nobody. And they have an offensive line that's built for pass protection but not run blocking, so they have no teeth because that, that first Chris, they drafted a running back in the first round. How fucking angry would you be? How would most Bills fans be if you drafted a running back in the first round and he had 36 yards in a game? <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that'd be irritating, but, you know, everybody's allowed to have a bad game. Yeah, everyone's allowed to have a bad game. This, this game wasn't bad. This was literally like Brody and Quint from Jaws. Like, they went out to sea to go nail the Great White, and they needed a bigger ball. <laughs> They needed a bigger boat. So when you think about Kenny Pickett's first start against Buffalo, I think one of the most telling things is if you Google Kenny Pickett versus versus Buffalo, there's a million articles about him getting into a fight with Shaq Lawson. You see a million articles about his fight after the thing before you, you have to dig to like the second page of Google search results before you can find someone willing to critique his play. Because that's the most noteworthy thing that happened. That's how bad it was. I, I don't know. I, I was pumped to... Here's two, two, two plays, just in a nutshell, to tell you how his day went. You're happy to see Kyrie Elam. You said it, Chris, when we were sitting in the stands together. You were happy to see Kyrie Elam get his first pick, right? Yeah, yeah. But also before that, two plays in a row, I said, dude's not turning around. <laughs> I was plus it was pretty easy to see because that was in in our end zone. Yeah, but there were a couple plays where he's just not getting his head around. Yeah, so you were like, "Oh, I'm super pumped to see Kyrie Elam get get his first NFL interception." But it came on this decision where Pickett was like, he's scrambling, he's running, and he just goes, "You know what? That's double coverage." But fuck it, I'm going to throw into it. Nah, it'll be fine. I watched Josh Allen do this all game long. Pick immediate interception. Like, some teams will let you get away with that, not the Bills. And then there was a play, I want to say it was late in the third, it was just before the scuffle. It wasn't the fight, but it was just before that. One of his sacks, Kenny Pickett realizes there's nobody open downfield. Pressure's coming in the pocket, and he goes, all right, it's time to roll out. And I'm going to do the thing that I've been trained to do, which is keep my eyes downfield, and I'm going to roll out. And he rolls out directly into A.J. Epinesa. A.J. Epinesa got his sack without having to move. Kenny Pickett came to him. It's fucking embarrassing. Like, this. <laughs> I remember, I looked at, I saw that play happen. I cheered, and as I'm cheering, I immediately, because I'm petty, my eyes go to the Pittsburgh sideline, because I want to see, does somebody explode? And I just watched a defensive lineman throw his helmet. 
was like, there it is. They're, they're furious. They're like, what the fuck, man? How do you not know where you're not supposed to be? How did you not know that defensive end was just standing there, unblocked, and you ran into him? You ran directly into his arms without seeing him. Oh, it was one of the, it was one of the best. Now, there's a lot of people probably wondering why I opened this show with 20 minutes about just the Steelers. Yeah, that's all I've really talked about. It's twofold. First one, it's my goddamn podcast. I'll do whatever I want. You can't fire me. <laughs> I answer to no one. Two, it's to underscore that their failures as a team, right, were so big. Meanwhile, we can look at all the ways that Buffalo exposed those weaknesses. And also, I don't know, it should for everyone out there illustrate how despite our own warts, you know, after that Miami game, everyone got real bitter. There was a lot of trash talk. There was a lot of derision towards our own team. This goes to show you that we are still one of the better top-to-bottom rosters in the NFL. You start with the quarterback because that's the low-hanging fruit. Josh Allen put on a show and his opponent withered on the vine. Four of our touchdown drives were three plays or less. That, that sounds made up, doesn't it? It sounds like, like, I know I've, I've had a lot of Montucky. What are we, three, six, Can you uh, throw nine, me one? ten, eleven. I'm working on them over here. I'm working my way through all this delicious Montucky. Yeah, I'm going to throw you one. Can you see it? Yeah. Oh, if you drop this one, look at you. I don't like this. I don't like I don't like sunglasses, Chris. Sunglasses, Chris. Uh, Oliver. I'm an even... Breaking down the fourth wall. They're here listening to this podcast. Oliver, is he or is he not cocky? He looks ridiculous, for one. <laughs> <laughs> I am just... I didn't... I've never... I've seen pit vipers before. Like, I've never... I would say I've seen photos of the pit people wearing pit viper. Like, there's the photos of Blake Ferguson from the Dolphins in front of the Waffle House and pit vipers. Like, I've only seen. Was he him. getting ready for a fight? Because I feel like that's what happens no. every time you go into a Waffle he House. He was wearing an. Uh, he was wearing a like an eagle American eagle flag. Terry White's shirt. holding his finger up. He has a question. I'm just saying, Oliver's got a T-shirt that says, "I am a goddamn delight." <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> that is me. I didn't. I did not realize you are not a delight, though. You're you're just a. Oh, I didn't realize you're the worst. I did not realize the amount of confidence you get in pit vipers. <laughs> See, we're all laughing because that's one of the craziest things I've heard all night. But also, I understand how you would think that with your hair clay and your and your yeah. The fact that you're wearing shoes indoors. I always wear Chelsea shoes boots. And, Chelsea boots. These are not Chelsea boots. They're Chucka. Oh, okay. He wears fashion boots, guys. Yeah, see? Oliver puts his hands up. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Go find out see you. So now here's what I'll say. You watch Josh Allen play on the same stage as Kenny Pickett, and it really does show you just how, how big the divide is between where Josh Allen is and where... Any rookie quarterback could dare to dream to be, and also where most quarterbacks fall. Hasn't that been the theme of the season, Chris? We have the better quarterback in every single game we've played it. It's amazing when you get that position correct. Right? It's wild. There was zero chance Kenny Pickett was ever going to hold a candle. 
we all thought he'd do a little bit better. I mean, we here were, I thank God, my, thank God I don't gamble on sports anymore because I was about to wager heavy on the Steelers to cover that spread. And that game would have ended very poorly for me because I was talking about betting like a whole paycheck on this fucking thing. <laughs> Ultimately, Shame on anybody who thought Kenny Pickett could ever, because Twitter goes crazy, social media conflates things. Shame on anybody who thought Kenny Pickett could ever be on Josh Allen's level. There's just a cutthroat nature, too, to the way he plays quarterback now. Because now that he knows he has it, now that he knows he has his, his ducks in a row, he knows he's got the talent, he knows he's got his mechanics down. Like, a game-opening touchdown like that, that's one of those things that it takes balls to even try. It takes balls to stand back there and go, you know what? Deep post route. Why? Because from the two-yard line, fuck them. Fuck them. I don't care. If they pick me off, so what? They're on the 30. I'll get them back. I'll get them next time. I'm not scared. It's, it's, it's incredible to watch. Now, EPA is a fancy stat. This is the thing I like to... So... Pro Football Reference tracks it by play, and they show on a given drive what the expected points of that drive were and how it fluctuates depending on whether the play was positive or negative. And it can it can go negative. You generally see a slow aggregation that either leads to a negative value in a punt or a three or a seven for a field goal or a touchdown. So when you look at the chart from Sunday's game, he produced, Kenny Pickett produced one play that on its own raised the EPA of his team by more than two points in a given in a given play. His one, more than two points, which basically said you made a play good enough that it almost gets your team to a field goal. Almost. Now, regardless of what happens on the next play, you did the thing that got your team that much closer to a field Because think about Chris Boswell fucking that game for everybody. Is what, four missed field goals? Three? Oh, yeah, and then they turn it over on downs in the red zone at one point. So he misses all those field goals, but he did the job to get them two points closer to a inevitable field goal. Meanwhile, Josh Allen, that touchdown pass to Gabe Davis raised the EPA of that drive from negative 1.42 to 7, which is an, more than an eight-point swing. He went on to have five different plays in that game, both with his arms and his legs, that had spikes of over two and a half. There's no way that he and Kenny Pickett are even on the same planet. This quarterback changes games. This quarterback, hopefully he changes his underwear. I don't know if he can do much more than that. It's a gross discrepancy. And when you see it laid out mathematically like that, it's almost embarrassing. You look at the defensive dominance we had of these guys. I mean, their wide receivers left a lot of meat on the bone because they're overrated. And I think that Chase Claypool has really come. People are finding, I almost think he's in his own head, Chris. Don't you think that? Like last year he had that fuck up where he blew the game. Yeah. He like celebrated getting a first down as the clock was running and didn't give the ball back to the ref. And then by the time they got it spotted, they ran out of time to kick a field goal. I just feel like this guy's attitude has caught up with him, and he's just not a good receiver. Uh, Deontay Johnson was overpaid, and we knew it. But it doesn't change the fact that we mauled these guys. Yeah. I see Terry White over here just waving his hands. No, just... Johnson drops them. 
Oh, Deontay drops it. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. I've never heard that before, and I'm using that, that, That's what Steelers fans call him. The Steelers fans are real critical. Real critical. The Bills mauled the offensive line of the uh, Steelers for most of the game. Yeah. Harris was a non-factor. This team had nothing, and they held out Tremaine Edmonds and uh, Jordan Poyer. Like this game could have gone so many ways for the Steelers, but really, realistically, they never had a shot. We erased any hope they had in this game early, and then just laid it on thick for the remainder of the game. So I, I don't know. I mean, the, the most exciting thing that happened in the second half was the fights. And the fireworks down the stretch. That was fun when Pickett shoved Shaq Lawson. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, the, these guys and Kenny Pickett's just at that point trying to—he's—he's he's trying to save his own ass. He's fighting for his life out there. Nobody's helping him. He's a, Josh Allen used to feel like that. Now maybe someday, maybe someday, Kenny Pickett will get to feel what Josh Allen feels today, but probably not anytime soon. Especially not playing for that franchise. Now, <clears throat> I would call it a job well done by the Buffalo Bills, and that brings us to our hero and zero of the week, and I had a tough time with this one. Our hero of the week is wide receiver Gabe Davis. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a, just a big, hairy American winning machine. Isn't this the Gabe Davis we've all been waiting for? The yeah. guy who was going to be the perfect complement to all of the, the the nuanced route running and all of the stuff that Stefan Diggs does. Stefan Diggs is no longer allowed to get on top of safeties. They take uh, like they don't they don't let him get down the field as a deep threat. And where most wide receivers like you're seeing it happen with Jamar Chase right now. Yeah. Everyone who's a Jamar Chase fan last year. I mean, fuck, he won me my my fantasy football Super Bowl with a 63-point game in our Super Bowl because he was a deep threat. And the second team said, fine, fuck you. We're going to put a safety. We're going to put linebacker shade. We're going to cover you tough from the line of scrimmage. We're going to play man on you no matter what the rest of the scheme is. He disappeared. He's gone. He's he's. I don't want to say irrelevant, but he's yet to be a game changer for Cincinnati. Stephon Diggs has had to find other ways to become, like, he's still impactful in almost every single game. That's because he's a great receiver. We've been waiting for Gabe Davis to truly own the wide receiver two role for about a month. And part of it's not his fault. He, he was injured. He was kind of hobbled with an ankle injury. The Miami game, the Baltimore game, he was relatively a non-factor. This was the type of game that you needed to see from Gabe Davis to understand that or to really have faith in the idea of him being our second wide receiver as part of a dynamic wide receiver core. The deep speed, that was always there. But then he shows the size and the reach and the catch radius, which is almost unfair. Like that, that catch where he brings it in with one hand against, and he's going up against Minka Fitzpatrick, who's one of the NFL's best safeties. Didn't he uh, get stronger this offseason? I saw a video of him squatting an absurd amount of weight, and it was yeah. almost disturbing. I'm like, please don't hurt yourself. That, that, that looks atrocious considering you're six foot four and have spindly legs. Please don't do that. 
He catches that ball with one hand, brings it in. Fitzpatrick tries to take it away, and he's like, fuck you. I'm twice your size. And just shoves him to the ground. I think that gets a little bit overlooked in the catch. I oh, think. yeah. People, like, it's Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick. It's, it's the same. It's, like, similar to the Mayday goal where... Uh, in 1993, and the Sabres swept the Boston Bruins, who were the top team in the league. N- not many people remember that Brad May juked out Ray Bork at the blue line, who's a yep. Hall of Fame defenseman. Like, it's the same level for Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, I think that gets overlooked a little, that he ripped that ball away from Fitzpatrick. It is wild. And then you think about what that means. He put something out there on tape that now defensive coordinators, this too high shell idea that teams have, you better keep doing it. Like, you better make sure that you not only have safeties back, but good safeties. Because if you don't, like, not only are you stuck trying to compensate for Stefan Diggs, this guy will blow the doors off you if you don't cheat a safety to his side of the field. So good luck. You're going to have to empty out the box, open things up for James Cook and for Dawson Knox and for all. I just feel like that play, those two plays, like if you, if teams weren't already skittish about playing heavy in the box, Gabe Davis single-handedly changed the narrative on the fact that you have no choice but to play too high now. Once again, some team got cocky, tried not to. We showed you why you have to. That makes him the hero of the game. Chris, I had a hard time coming up with a zero. The Easy peasy. What do you got? The zero of the game would be Drew Gear. You folks fell on your face. You get an F minus in my book. So obviously I'm first to the seats. Potter not too far behind. Then uh, our friend next to us, Dan Kimball, who is the bartender at Mam Moser's out in Hamburg. Second best chicken wings in Buffalo behind Barbell, if you ask me. We're sitting there. We watch this glorious 98-yard touchdown catch into our end zone. And then we kick off and bat. Like, that had to have been planned, that kickoff, because Bass hit it perfectly to where the guy's got to run up to the 20 or 25 and he can't get there, similar to the Shakir punt, mm-hmm. where, oh, wind, I'm not going to touch it, I don't want to fumble it, Yep. and it turns out we're down at the one. Hits it perfectly, bounces back, we recover the fumble. We come out first down, Drew Gear shows up to the seats, and what do we do? We move backwards. Backwards. And then we get a kick blocked. It was your fault. This could have been a lot worse. I blame you. And I tried to get the whole section, or at least our row, to get you to leave. Chris constantly tries to turn everyone against me, but he's not wrong. I am the mush. Like, when the Bills broke the drought, I went to take a piss. We were watching the the, the coverage went from the Bills win over Miami to the Bills, to the Ravens-Cincinnati game. And every time I would go to take a piss, or I would go into the back room to get a beer the Bengals would do something good. And when I came out, something bad would happen to them. So then I went to go take a leak, and the Bengals got an interception. I come out, they went three and out and punted the ball. So everyone demanded that I take beers and go back to the bathroom. And so I didn't get to watch Andy Dalton's 
touchdown pass. No, you I could hear it. I was sequestered to the bathroom. You could hear it. With like an eight pack of beers just sitting in there stress drinking my way through it. It's absurd, but this is my life. And now Chris is trying to turn the entire section against me. But I'm not going to lie. It did feel that way. Like, it had shades of every time I would go to the bathroom or I would leave and I would come back for something, the bills would immediately start to stink the second I walked up the stairs. And it's like, maybe I should just go back out there. <laughs> yeah. There's not much There's not much to choose as far, in, in way of on the field for a loser of the game. That's why I would have easily picked you just for that moment. It could have been worse. And I blame you. Final thoughts, Chris, as we close this one out. A hell of a game. Let's see. I got two games under my belt. I got one more. The Packers game I will be at, and I might get to another game. This uh, are you going to wear those sunglasses the whole game? It could. Be, I'm going to be wearing these at night for the Packers <laughs> game at kickoff. Oh. I'm going to be wearing these all goddamn day. God, you're garbage. I love you. I I know the. Well, I mean, you're also garbage. Well, yeah, but I'm just trash in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Maybe that's yeah. why we work. We're yeah. both just trash. Yeah. The uh, We're just built differently. I just love... it's. Uh, it makes us, like, very easy to do when we have blowouts, because there's, like, nothing bad to talk about. Yeah, we don't have to complain. No one throws yeah. anything. I don't cry. I mean... Wait, what? No, yeah. I never cry. Just, Did I see you, that out loud? Yeah, you've you've cried before, <laughs> but like this, I cried about Marcel. This re, this review podcast is going to be so different than next week's. <sighs> next even week's, ne- even if we win next week, it'll either be fire and brimstone, or it'll be you and me. I'm going to be twenty beers deep. Yeah, it'll I'll be, be. I'll be swimming my way out of here. It'll be it'll be bad. I, I mean, I had fun in the game, Terry Oliver. In from England, uh, Sean from Las Vegas, Scott from Omaha, Joe Miller stopped by. Dude, we saw La- everybody. Yeah, this week. Lauren came in for the game. It couldn't ask for a better game. Although I should also mention uh, you zero of the game. There is a photo that uh, Jake's wife put on um, on Twitter. And it's like you and Jake, and we can see how bad your teeth are. And then you see me in the background struggling with a tent. That also makes you zero of the game. Oh, yeah, because I let you clean up. Because I got to do everything myself. Yes, you do. And then you Irish goodbye the... uh... So, I'll say this. As I'm walking through the concourse late in the third quarter, early fourth, I run into a bunch of Steelers fans. Disgruntled Steelers fans disgruntled Steelers fans. The one guy is literally trying to stuff his terrible towel into his jacket, and they're all yelling at each other. And I just kind of walk up, and I start a conversation with them. And they regale me with all of their hatred for their current head coach, Mike Tomlin. It turns out that it runs deep in Pittsburgh over the last few years because they've, of course, they've failed. They're dumb. Those fans that you're talking to, they're dumb. Of course they are. First of all, they're from Pittsburgh. Second of all, I just they're fans of a losing football team and they're frustrated and they don't know where to place the blame. You know, I hear them complaining about how well they've given him draft approval and now he's picking all these players who don't develop and blah 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 blah. But by the end of the conversation, when all the vitriol kind of faded, 
Where they landed was this. They go, you guys are fucking great. And now that you've torched us, you it's a quote that I have written on my phone. You jerk-offs better stop dicking around and win it all this time. Like, I don't care how creative some of you are. Maybe that's the sign that we need people holding in the stands from now on, right? You jerk-offs better stop dicking around and win it all this time. For 60 minutes, the Bills look like a team that could do it. They went out this weekend and did the thing that the, I don't know, Super Bowl contenders should do when you're handed an undermanned, inexperienced, unhealthy football team. You chew them up and you spit them out. At no point were they ever, like, was there any of this, like, uh, well, any given Sunday, you know, maybe they can get it in the second half. Remember the Jacksonville game? All that talk died on the roadside. Instead, they were just machines. It goes back to uh, Mike Tomlin made an analogy for Von Miller. You know, he called him an alien from another planet earlier in the week. Yeah, the Bills look like visitors from another more advanced planet compared to Pittsburgh. Better technology, more advanced weaponry, cooler outfits, the whole night. And then there's this. The word from former Buffalo-turned-Pittsburgh beat reporter Andrew Filipponi that the Bills could have played Jordan Poyer but held him out because they figured they'd rather rest him for a meaningful game. Let's let's put him in when it means something. It's not only incredibly disrespectful, which I'm here for. I love disrespect. <laughs> it also underscores that this roster is so solid and the staff knows it. And they're willing to just, hey, listen, you want to take a day off, Jordan? We'll give it to you. And the players know it. The players know who they are. And unlike in years past where maybe they'd play down to lesser competition and flirt with guys, like we did last season with Jacksonville, Atlanta, and other losing football teams, this year they blew them off the field like the biscotti crumbs Mark Smith had all over his jersey during the fucking tailgate. That's how a Super Bowl team should fucking operate. And... I think we just put our stamp on what this season could be. And going into the next game, depending on how it shakes out, this the, like that's it, isn't it? Yeah. A game like this followed up by a win against Kansas City basically cements you as you are the AFC. Yeah. Correct? And then we get to enjoy a nice little break. God. Yes. What a nice week. Yes. What a nice week. I'll still show up. I'll still get drunk and come over here and yell at you even if the microphones aren't on. Don't think you're getting away from me. But God, this week was a good one. Guys, thank you to everybody who came out to the came out to the tailgate. Everybody who came and I don't know, everyone who tunes into this every single week to listen to me and Chris get hammered, talk about And thanks to Montucky. <laughs> thanks to Montucky. Thanks to Terry White and Oliver for making the trip across the pond. Guys, I could sit here and do this all night, but we gotta get the fuck out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. This has been your Rock Pile Report. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.